Good morning, church. Let's stand together and sing. This is the day the Lord has made. He has made me glad. This song is known by a couple different titles. It's a scripture song. Let's sing together. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad.
today we're thrilled that you're here you should have been given a red connect card I picked a few of them up already if you're visiting and and you have one of these please fill it out and then place it in the offering plate or just leave it on the pew and we'll uh, we'll pick it up later how many of you had to come through the fog to get here today now those of you that did not come through the fog that means you weren't here for Sunday school you waited until the fog rose. It was an interesting trip for me from Powder Springs. It was as foggy as I have ever seen it. And just about the time I got to the square, it was just perfect until I got about a block away from the church. And then it was that way again. I hope your life isn't like that. I hope your life isn't going from one fog to another. I hope that God reigns in your life and that there's such a, a, a blessed clearness and clarity in your life. If not, you're going to have a chance today to, to, to really clear some things out, to hear a message from God 
and to, and to have him help you understand how life can be clear sailing, even though sometimes it's a little tough, you can still see your way. Right now, we're going to, in a moment, going to stand and greet one another and pray for one another, hug one another's neck. Our guest speaker today is Dr. Ken Ellison, and you'll be blessed by him. He'll be with us both this morning and this evening. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we do thank you for clarity. We do thank you, Father, for everything that goes on in our life because we know nothing happens to us that does not first pass through your hands. You're aware of what's going on. Father, we thank you for that. Guide and direct us in these next few moments, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Stand and greet one another. Let's sing together. He is exalted. He is exalted. The King is exalted on high. I will praise Him. He is exalted. The exalted on high.
come to God's house and we, uh, we give. We give our love. We give our appreciation. Here's a time and opportunity to give our offerings, our tithes. Gentlemen, if you'd come, please. What a blessed time it is to be able to give back. How many, anybody here ever outgive God? Well, at least we know we got a house full of honest people. We can never outgive God. How many of you have not given enough? Okay, here's your chance. Don't give till it hurts. Give till it feels real good. Father, thank you for allowing us to give. For you have given so much to us. Father, we pray that you would receive what we give. Father, with the attitude and spirit that we have, Father, that we might give joyfully and prayerfully. In Jesus' name, amen. As you folks, as you folks can tell, this morning uh, we're a little shy on the choir numbers this morning. We've got a lot of people traveling, a lot of sickness going around. So the song that we're going to do next is Where Could I Go? This is an old standard song. J.B. Coach wrote this in the early 40s. So you guys can stay seated, but I'd like you guys to sing along. We're going to kind of make a big choir out of the room this morning. Does that sound good?
Brother J.W.? I thought he was, excuse me. Oh, here he comes. Brother J.W. Brother J.W., please. Okay, I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> well, it takes us just a little bit of time to get on the same page, but uh, it's all right. Let me, uh, let me say welcome in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to this wonderful Lord's Day. Um, I have uh, reached out to as many of you as I could to try to at least say good morning. And my name is Brother Ken. Uh, my wife of 61 years is here, Mary, and we are delighted to be with you today. The weather forecaster said just a few moments ago, Atlanta dodged a bullet last night. Some other communities did not, and there were those who lost their lives out in Louisiana and Alabama. I stood outside last night watching that storm. I have an affinity for storms. I love to watch weather. And as I stood there and saw the wind and the rain and the deluge of rain, the Lord just said, yes, that's the right passage of Scripture I want you to speak about in the morning. So you will not be surprised if uh, I ask you to turn to the First book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, chapter 8, and the story of Noah, many of you already know. But it has a wonderful message for the church in this generation. For many years, I uh, was professor of Old Testament, and I love the Old Testament. You'll find that I believe that the Old Testament is God's wonderful promise of what he was going to do in Christ Jesus. And he presents Christ in the Gospels, and you and I are blessed because of it. We have received grace of his grace. From the book of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, chapter 8. If you'll look at, look at this with me, beginning at verse 1. And God remembered Noah and all the beasts and the cattle that were with him in the ark. And the Lord caused a wind to pass over the earth, and the water subsided. The water stopped, began to recede. And all the fountains of the deep and the floodgates of the sky were closed, and the rain from the sky was restrained, and the water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the waters decreased. There was 40 days of rain, 40 days of water upon the earth, and now this 150 days. And in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, 
The ark rested on Mount Arafat, and the water decreased steadily until the tenth month. In the uh, the tenth month, and in the tenth month, on the very first day of that month, the tops of the mountains became visible. Underline that phrase: the tops of the mountains became visible. The marvelous thing about this passage of scripture is that it. This day, this first day of the 10th month, actually is the beginning of the Hebrew New Year. The weather forecaster said again last, and I continue with his description, Atlanta missed a bullet last night in this first great storm of the New Year. I want to talk to you this morning about... uh, Noah, and about his message for our day. And you'll be reminded that our Lord Jesus Christ himself said that Noah was real and that there were things that we could learn, the church must learn from Noah. The book of Hebrews reminds us that along with Job and Noah and Daniel, the three most righteous men in all the Old Testament, so the scriptures describe them. But on this first day of the new year, when out of that central window, no windows in the side of the ark, only one looking up to heaven, God allowed Noah to see the mountaintops. As we begin this new year and begin a new phase in the ministry of Eastwood Church, let's listen to God's word as he encourages us from the story of Noah, as he inspires us and motivates us to go forward into the new year and into the new days ahead of us as this church continues to ministry, to ministry in this place. I'm reading, I try to read at least uh, two books a month. It's good for my mind. It's also one of the passions that I have is to continue to learn. All my life I have been a learner. I was a slow learner in the beginning, I have to admit. Coming out of a home that uh, no one had ever been to high school, no one had ever seen a college, not much incentive to learn in the mountains of Southwest Virginia. But somehow I learned to read. And if you could teach your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren anything, teach them to read. I walked in this morning because I wanted to find it. You have a beautiful library here. Yes, we have it on our IT machines, but there are wonderful books that you can read. And I'm reading a wonderful book by Simon Winchester entitled The Crack at the End of the World. It's actually the story of the earthquake that hit California and destroyed the city of San Francisco in 1906. My father was born in 1906, one week before that terrible earthquake which destroyed San Francisco. 
But in this book, he describes a scene. And it is, the scene is that day in 1969 when uh, the astronauts landed on the moon and there uh, Neil Armstrong uh, stepped down out of the capsule and said, one uh, small step for man, one great step for humanity. But Simon Winchester does something. He says, suddenly, suddenly for the first time, man stood on one planet, or one body, the moon, and looked back across the universe a quarter of a million miles, and he saw the earth there in space. Not a dead planet like Mars or the others, but he saw the earth living and vital and alive. And for the first time, human eyes stood on one space in outer space and looked back at the earth. Certainly other cosmo, uh, astronauts had seen the earth. But we have no record of them standing as Neil Armstrong did on the moon and looking back at this wonderful, beautiful, marvelous creation of God called Earth. Somehow I think that's maybe the sort of the feeling that Noah had as he looked out of the window at the world that God had made anew. And in doing so, God encouraged Noah's heart. He encouraged him and inspired him not to look backwards, forgetting those things in our past, those things that God has forgiven, those things under the blood, the yesterdays we cannot recall. But he shows to Noah a new world. In that world, God gave him courage to go forth into. And I want to say to you, in this new year, and this new adventure as this church moves forward in eventually calling a pastor, that the church will take courage as Noah did. He saw the tops of the mountains. And I think as I look at these mountains... They're like looking at the great Appalachians here to the north. And as they run up through South Carolina and Tennessee and Virginia and on up into the Adirondacks. There are different mountain peaks. And God says to us, look ahead now. And I want you to, to look at the mountain peaks. The tops of the mountains became visible. The first mountain peak I want us to, re to think about is that Noah realized God was still in control. God was in control of his world. Now, his times were difficult. If you go back and read the 6th and 7th and 8th chapters of the book of Genesis, you'll find some startling things. For the, the thoughts of men were continually on the evil. And in the midst of God's working in this 
good man's life, this man who knew God. How did, how did Noah know God? He knew God from what God had revealed in the beginning about his creation and his creation of this world and the creation of man. And Noah is a direct descendant of Seth. Abel is dead, the first child of Adam and Eve. And Cain has gone off to turn his back on God and his parents and the world God had created. And so Eve conceived again and bore a son. His name was Seth. And in Seth's line, we're told, then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. But in Noah's time, there was great confusion about God. False gods began to arise. They were everywhere. And a terrible spiritual decline happened even in the family of those who knew about God. For we're told that the sons of God married daughters of men. Now there's all kinds of speculation about what that means. It does not mean that angels came out of heaven and had sex with women and they produced giants. That's one theory. But the most likely truth is simply this, that the sons of God here is the believing line of Seth and Noah. And these believers rejected God's call to live for him and to produce good families and godly families like Noah. And so they became like the rest of the world. That was Noah's world. It was a world that was corrupt. It was a, a world that was corroded. And it was a world that had made some spiritual compromises Dear friends, if God says anything to his church today, we better watch how we're walking. We're making spiritual compromises. and Sometimes we get into conduct and the chaos is written on your faces and heard in your prayers and in your tears at night. For where are our children? Where are our grandchildren? Noah's time was a time of national crisis. It was a time of spiritual crisis. And that's where we are today. But God says, Noah, look up. I'm still at work. God remembered Noah's faith. The scripture says, and Noah found grace and favor in God's eyes. Not by compromise, not by going off and acting like the rest of the world, but remaining the true family of Adam and Seth and the true believers. This is what God is calling us to do. Lift up your eyes. Be encouraged. Be inspired. Be motivated. Let us live the life of faith in times of trouble. Noah also, God also remembered Noah's future. God says in that wonderful passage in Jeremiah 29, uh, I have a plan for you, a plan for good, a plan for blessing. And I think this church needs to take that wonderful passage to heart. 
It is Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 13. God has a future for this church. I walked down the hall just a few moments ago and looked at the gallery of your former pastors. Some of them I knew back in the 60s. Wow. Some of them I have known since then. I knew Justin and loved him dearly. But I want to say to you, dear friends, God is not only, he says, I am the God of today. I am. I am the God of today. I was and I will always be. And so God says to Noah, and he says to us as we begin this new year, as you begin this new adventure here at Eastwood Baptist Church, God says to you, I want to encourage you to remember I'm still at work. I'm still here. I'm still on the throne. There is a a second mountain peak that Noah saw. Noah rejoiced when he saw the mountain peak of divine privilege. It must have been something to be in the ark with your family and to realize that other parts of your family are not in the ark. To realize the neighbor with whom you walk dogs together is not there. The person that you like at work is not there. The Muslims have the story of Noah in the Quran. It's not a full story, it's not completed. But the Quran, which is not true, it's a writing of man, but the Quran says that Noah actually had four sons. The fourth son didn't make it. Only three sons. In fact, the Quran says even Noah's wife didn't make it. Well, we know that from the scriptures, Noah's wife was included in the ark. Noah his wife, his sons, and their wives. God said to Noah in chapter 7 and verse 1, you come into the ark, you and all of your family. There may be some words there that we need to remember. Maybe we need to go home today and pray for your son, your daughter, your grandchildren your brother, your cousin, your family. Oh, dear friends, Noah rejoiced that he was saved. But, oh, dear friends, do not our hearts burn? Are we not anxious about the salvation of those that are about us? No one cares for my soul, cry the millions. Dear friends, they're walking these streets, they're driving here and there, they're going about their business. Yes, Noah rejoiced that he knew God's grace and salvation. He rejoiced that he knew God's safety. That safety was only inside the ark. And this is a wonderful story. It is a message for you and for us 
that we need to invite, we need to encourage, we need to pray, we need to work, that this community might come into the ark of safety in Christ Jesus. That's the work of the new year. It isn't simply to sit here and sing and go on with business as usual. This is a lost and dying world. And this world is lost without Christ. And oh dear friends, we can't win them all. But Christ has called us to be a witness to as many as we can. And when God says to Noah, Noah, you and your whole family come in. I want to ask you today, is your family in the ark? Who are you praying for? Who do you weep for? Don't give up. I would have despaired, said the psalmist in 27. I would have despaired had I not believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And there are many of us here who have wailed in the middle of the night for children and grandchildren and our families about us. Don't give up on them. And don't walk away from them. Put your arms around them and tell them there certainly is salvation and security in Christ. God did something else for Noah. He gave him a wonderful sign. God says, I'm going to set this sign in the sky, this bow, this wonderful reminder of the splendors of God's grace. What is a rainbow? but a drop of water through which the sunlight of God shines and spangles upon our hearts. Oh, dear friends, this is what God says to us. There is hope for the future. Here is a sign I give you. Here is a sign that I give you. Noah was encouraged when he saw the mountain peak, remembering God was active. He rejoiced when he remembered the divine providence of what God was doing in his life and the life of his family. But then there's another peak that Noah saw. Noah moved forward when he saw the mountaintop of divine opportunity. God opened the door and said, now go forth. Get out of here. Somehow, our wonderful teaching in our Baptist churches and our gospel churches is that we've placed so much emphasis on salvation and security of the believer. And this is true. This is true. And amen. But I want to say to you, dear friends, there's still a lost world out there. And as we go into this new year, this new world, this new experience in the days ahead, I pray that we will do more than just business as usual. But that God would bring a deep sense of spiritual revival. You have known revival. You've tasted it. It blessed your heart. And you were encouraged and you were inspired. And the Lord did something with you and your family. I'll never forget as a teenager... Growing up in a family that <clears throat> only knew how to use the name, Lord's name in a cuss word. 
I guess it's cursed, but we cussed in the mountains. But when God got into the heart, into the heart of my brother, two years younger than me, Ronnie lives in Norfolk, still living. And in my heart, in the heart of my stepfather, Mr. Greer, and the heart of my mother, God changed our family. Dear friends, I don't speak simply something I don't know. But I personally have experienced the grace of God's forgiveness in my heart and life. And like Noah, I have walked with the Lord in these years and found him to be wonderful. His activity is before us every day. And even at this old age, someone says you ought to go home and sit in a rocking chair. Well, I want to tell you, dear friends, some people want to live within the sound of church and temple bell, not me. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. We're in the soul-saving business. This church is in the soul-saving business. And it isn't simply to satisfy saints who are sitting, but it's to call sinners to repentance. Let us go forth. We can learn from Noah. What did he do? Very quickly, I close by reminding you that coming out of the ark, Noah did several things. First of all, Noah built an altar. I think that altar reminds us that as we come in, begin into this new year, coming into this new year, God wants to call us each one to a deeper sense of personal faith and commitment to Jesus Christ. What does God want out of you and me in this coming year? He doesn't want stagnant Christians. I remember <clears throat> as a young man, I boxed. I used to box golden gloves. And uh, I've always been <clears throat> a little bit attracted to the fight game. Please excuse me. I don't follow it like I used to. But one of the great heroes was Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky, in the home of, his name was Cassius Clay. And Cassius Clay's father had the best known barbershop in Louisville, Kentucky. And Mr. Clay, they called him Deacon Clay because he was a deacon in a Baptist church. He loved the Lord, and no one came into his shop and sat in his chair that Mr. Clay didn't say something about the Lord. But his son, somewhere, somehow, along the way, decided to reject the faith of his father and his mother and turn to the false teaching of Islam. And Cassius Clay, the great boxer and fighter, became Muhammad Ali. Before he died, there was an interview with him. And they asked, we know about your father. Can you tell us what it was that turned you away from Christianity to Islam? 
And he says, this is what turned me away. When I went to church, it was the same old, same old, same old every day. Now that may have been his excuse. God is his judge, not you and not me. But I want to say to you, dear friends, don't let your children, your grandchildren, your neighbors say Eastwood is just the same old stuff. God, send us a revival. And Lord, let it begin in me. And let it begin as we stand together. I'm going to pray, and after the prayer, we're going to give an invitation. And if you're here today as a believer, you want to say, Pastor, this first day of the year, it's not the first day, it's into January, but as we begin this new year, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. I want to look above my conditions and the tragedy of a lost world. I want to look up to God. I want to see His mountain peaks. And I want to see where the Lord is leading this church. I'm committing myself to go forward with this church. Some of you actually need to move your letter into the fellowship of this church. You may be here today and you've never received Christ. We want to invite you right now to come to Jesus. Our dear brother is going to stand here at the front. Brother Martin and I'm going to stand with him. And we're going to sing this great hymn. Lord Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit might come just now. You are working in our hearts. You've said some things to us that we need to remember. Lord, we need to hear again your message. The message that there is a future and a hope for this church. I want to be a part of it. I want to participate in it. I want to commit myself to it. Lord, may we make that commitment personally, maybe where we are. Maybe some just need to come here to the altar and kneel. If there's one here without Jesus, oh Lord, may your Holy Spirit bring them just now to the foot of the cross as they surrender to the Savior. In whose name we pray, amen. bow your heads with us quietly, reverently. 
You may not need to come. You may not want to come. Holy Spirit may not be moving your heart to come. But oh, my brother, oh, my sister, oh, my child, please, if God is speaking to your heart, don't turn him away. Respond right now in Jesus' name. As we sing this next verse, which will be the last. I love thee because thou hast first loved me. Brother J.D., J.W. wants to, okay, I'm sorry. Yes, please, brother. Thank you for a great message this morning. We have some announcements in the bulletin. Most of those you can read, but for those of you that, uh, well, anyway. In just a few moments, back in the fellowship hall, we'll have a, a baby shower. Is, is, uh, is Daniel here today? Where's Daniel? Oh, Daniel's not here. Liz is here. Okay, well, that answers my question. It says in here, it's a girl. It's going to be a girl. Okay, I want to make sure. I thought, man, you got out real quick. Anyway, there will be the, uh, the baby shower for the, the Richardsons back in the fellowship hall. Tuesday, Joy Club. Noon, soup. But you have to bring it. Is that right? All right, bring some soup Tuesday for, uh, for Joy Club. Be sure to be here. And then next, uh, next Saturday, we're going to have another, uh, another shower. Lots of showers. Showers for babies. The others uh, that are in there, please read those and uh, be involved where the Lord leads you to be. So, uh, J.W., if you'd come and give your announcement and then close us in prayer, please, sir. Well, after much prayer and meditation and talking and meeting with Brother Ellison and hearing him preach and knowing his background, he's, a, uh, of course, an ordained, accredited minister of Noonday Baptist Association, Georgia Baptist Convention, and Southern Baptist Convention. He's had many different ministries in his life, including uh, uh, a missionary to the Asia and other countries. Uh, he served as many pastors in different churches in Tennessee, Louisiana, and Georgia. He's also a founding pastor of Eastside Baptist Church, and of course he's helped with Johnson's Ferry Baptist. He's been in interim pastor for 12 different churches over the past several years since his retirement, some of them twice. And of course he was interim pastor here at one time and uh, did a, a great job with with the church during that time that we were 
before Brother Mike Hatton was called to be our pastor. He has strong, conservative, biblical preaching, pastoral skills, committed to strengthening and encouraging churches in unity, peace, growth for the glory of God, and honor of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Of course, he is available as interim pastor, so at this time I will announce that next Sunday morning we will be voting to elect him as our interim pastor. As he says, a lot of times he refers to it as a pastor of the interim during the time that we're looking and seeking the pulpit committee is working. So pray for him, pray for Miss Mary, and pray for the church. Search your hearts. You've heard him preach. You know his background. And we had a good discussion with him on Monday. The deacons is all in, in agreement that that he was the one that we should bring in and present to you as our interim pastor for the next few months or ever how he said he'd be available until we elected a pastor. So it's not just a short time, it's a, he's available, uh, lives in the area of course, and he's a great man of God, has a great many skills in, in witnessing and helping the churches. Uh, I can remember the time he was here before. So with that, uh, we'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Father, we come to your throne of grace this morning just as humble as I know how. Thanking you, Lord, for the cross and the resurrection and, Lord, our salvation, our hope that we have without this life and the life to come, Lord. We thank you for this church and we thank you for the opportunity to serve in this church, Lord, through the past years. And, God, for each member, we pray your blessings upon them and their families. Those that's uh, traveling, Lord, we pray your safe travel upon them. God, I pray that, Lord, you just direct as you already have, Lord, this far. Continue to lead, guide, and direct in every step that's made, Lord, and every move. Lord, in every word that's said, Lord, lead us, guide us, and direct us, Lord. Thank you for this great message, Lord, truly. Eastwood, we just need to look and at the high points and look at the things that Lord, ahead of us, Lord, and just continue to pray and seek your will in everything we do. Go with us now to our homes. Meet back with us tonight, Lord, we pray. Again, just lead us, guide us, and direct us in all that you do. And we'll give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. For it's in your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen.